Hello there, and welcome to Let's Get Sexy, the podcast, where I read an erotic story and you listen to it. We're still reading Lesbian Slave Island. We've got all the way to chapter 14. If you've listened to this podcast before, then you'll know that I don't know what's going to happen. I'm reading this for the first time out loud. And that's to preserve some of the surprise so that you get my initial reaction. As usual, I'm going to go through the stats of chapter 14. Chapter 14 was another chapter written in the highly productive year of 2020. This was actually written less than a month after the previous chapter. So the chapters are coming thick and fast throughout this period for Fit and Trim. Fit and Trim, of course, is the name of the author who wrote Lesbian Slave Island, and you can find them on Literotica, that's the website where I found this story, by searching for their username, Fit and Trim. It's Fit and Trim with an N in the middle instead of an and, which is a little bit more informal, a bit more playful, because this is a playful, erotic story. Where was I? Okay, yes, the stats. That's right. So, chapter 14 has 2,300 words. It's not too long, not too short. We can do it all in one episode of this podcast, which is nice. It's got a 4.36 rating, which is a little bit of a decrease from last time. It's had 19.3 thousand readers, which again is a slight decrease, about a thousand people fewer have read this story. Uh, It's got a similar decrease in likes down to 11 from 14 at the last chapter and there's only one comment at the end to enjoy but we will at least enjoy it during this episode of the podcast you won't have to wait for a subsequent episode to hear what that comment will be to recap about last time chapter 13 was a little bit of a disappointment in some ways it was a long chapter it was a two-parter And, you know, when I saw that it was 6.5 thousand words, I thought, brilliant, we're definitely in for some sex now. Finally, Lisa and the gang, which is expanded now to six of them in total, finally, this gang are going to get down to some orgasmic sex. They're going to actually touch each other in their erogenous zones and bring each other to satisfying climaxes, which is kind of what we've been building to uh, in all the previous chapters, just that sexual tension, the eroticism, the atmosphere of eroticism, just building and building and building. And I felt like chapter 13 was going to be the one to really allow that building tension to erupt in a kind of frenzy. But it didn't happen. (laughs) It did not happen. Instead, we got quite similar to the first chapter of this story. We got a lot of going through the rules and what the expectations are and setting the tone, getting everyone excited for what is coming round the corner, for what might happen next. But we didn't actually get to anything sexual actually happening. I think the only physical thing that really happened was a little bit of kissing between Gabriella and Lisa in the Sanctity of the Kitchen when they were alone preparing the snacks, and Lisa did a little bit of foot and leg kissing, which, from what I gather so far, is one of her favourites. Everybody seemed on board with all the rules of the game, everybody respectful of the boundaries set up and the terms and conditions of the contract, which were gone through in, I wouldn't say loads of detail, but probably more detail than was needed at this point, since we're all... I think as an audience, we're quite aware of what those boundaries and expectations are. So yeah, they had a bit of breakfast. They 
chatted about the rules. They humiliated Lisa a little bit by asking her to describe some of her fantasies, most of those we'd heard before, and things, to be honest, left off with it feeling like it's going to now progress to a bit more of a sexual experience. I think Lisa was kissing and licking everybody's feet, and surely if we pick up where we left off, that's only the starter the entree of what will be a larger sexual meal to be digested in this next chapter. So that's where we left off. I want to mention briefly that the subtitle for chapter 14 is Lisa is bound tightly in front of her new friends. So there's going to be some bondage in this one, and I guess we'll see in the next half an hour or so whether it gets beyond just being bound but without any further ado, here is Chapter 14 of Lesbian Slave Island. Helen declared she and I should go inside and talk alone, to check in one-on-one. While she and I were alone, together Sasser would lead Gabriella, Gloria and Stefania in a discussion and review of the contract and manual. Helen paused thoughtfully, seemed to decide on something, then said that before she and I left, the newcomers should see me in more fully enslaved mode to help them understand the full reality of my sex-slave status before diving into the contract and the slave owner's manual. Helen warned them that we are what some consider hardcore though others might consider us in the middle of the BDSM range, because we won't do certain things that to us seem too unloving, and we are simply not into some other BDSM things. Helen told the three new women that they are urged and encouraged to come up with their own ideas of enjoying the slave, but anything not already in the manual should be checked with her or Sasser. Helen bade me to walk with her into the house to go through the BDSM gear. I felt that growing familiar feeling, a combination of thrill nervousness and embarrassment. Helen picked out a nose ring, ropes, collar, leash and nipple clamps. I picked the ankle shackles and chain, telling Helen it would be very humiliating to be hobbled, forced to shuffle in tiny steps in front of them. Helen smiled and looked at me thoughtfully, saying I was amazing. Helen kissed me sweetly on the cheek. You're telling me that reminds me how you love this so much, and I'm glad I'll be able to provide all this for you. I smiled. Thank you so much, I said. We kissed on the lips tenderly. I asked, Does it still turn you on too? I want you to live this fantasy made real too. Helen beamed. More and more so, yes, she nodded. It's working for me, you hottie. She slightly pinched a nipple. In fact, I'm totally getting into this. I'll explain when we're done. Oh, I'm so glad, I smiled back, lovingly. Let's go back. I think we have enough toys for now. You know we're going to place a huge order for more today. Everyone will get to choose more, including you. My eyes widened. Oh wow, I'm so excited, thank you. Helen shook her head in amazement as she said, You're excited that we're going to buy stuff that will be used to give you pain and humiliation? I nodded with a smile. It's what I'm into, what can I say, except that I love it. Helen smiled back, but then looked seriously at me for a moment. Are you sure you can handle it all? For so long? 
week after week after week? she asked. I paused. I intend to. I understand I will suffer, and I want that kind of suffering, because I'll also be so aroused, and it's my dream I must live out. Thank you so, 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 so much. Helen said, I'll make sure they don't go too far. I'll check in with you on how you're doing mentally, and watch how you're doing physically. I'll have a medical worker check in on you, and all of us, actually. My voice quavered in gratitude. You are so good to me, Helen, I said. Helen nodded, but then added, As I just said, though, I'm getting into this BDSM stuff. I'll be responsible, but I'm truly getting off on your, um, tests of submission, and so-called discipline. I nodded and kissed her again. That makes me so happy, I said. Helen marvelled. You are one of a kind. I nodded and said, It's unusual, but I've found that many others have all kinds of lifestyles. Maybe not truly 24-7 for many months, though. Helen caressed my face. You don't want me to let you get out of this, though, do you? She asked. As long as my limits aren't seriously exceeded, please do not release me, even if I cry miserably. I've got to live this experience, or I'll regret it my entire life. I desperately want to do this, I explained. My heart raced at my own words, and the admission by Helen that she was getting off more and more on my subbiness. Then as we started walking with the gear back out to the others, my heart raced even more. We were returning to my being the full and utter sex slave, and the newcomers would for the first time see me up close, treated like the sex slave I had willingly become, the total used property, and it was a situation of my own making. Yes, they had seen me totally nude and shaven the entire very short time they'd known me, while they were fully clothed. Yes, they'd seen me kneel and felt me licking and kissing their feet, ankles and shins, but they'd never seen me close up, erotically bound and harnessed, humiliated with a large nose ring, in pain from nipple clamps. They'd never seen me humiliatingly hobbled, unable to run, or even walk fast. They'd never seen me so dominated and owned, and been able to participate in my domination. I still had that notion that they were more like friends than sex partners and slave owners. This notion made me feel humiliated and that feeling made me even more aroused, even as it made me uncomfortable. Complicated feelings for a simple situation I had dreamed of for a long time. The always naked, totally owned sex slave of lovely and passionate women. Reality is more complicated than fantasy. Therefore, as we walked back into the sunshine, I looked at Gabriella, Sophia and Stefania with a small sense of panic as their heads turned towards my full frontal nudity. Sasa stopped speaking and also turned. The silence and stares doubled my trepidation. I felt shame at the thought they were about to change the way they thought and felt about me, and it was my own doing. Well, not totally my own. Helen asked Sasa to help decorate me. I attempted to smile at Stefania, who helped with a return smile, but maybe she sensed my smile was weak from my embarrassment and suddenly increased nervousness. Or she was focused on the equipment. Or maybe a bit of both. Her smile was slight. Later I wondered about my state of mind at that moment. Why was I suddenly so fearful? I believe it was partially the unknowns of these three people, new to me, though as I kept telling myself, well known to my owners. How would these three react when they saw clearly that I really was utterly owned property, and a slave who was a sex object, bound, submissive, displayed? and the nose ring seemed threatening to me. 
I felt so much a sex slave and erotically humiliated when Helen and Sasser put that on me before, and in a few minutes the newcomers would see me wearing the large hoop. To me, it would mark me clearly as property to be used, like an animal. And these were people I had just been speaking normally with, even though I had been the only one naked. I hadn't been bound and erotically decorated. The other reason was simply social. They would see me submissively accepting being bound and decorated. They might recall I wanted this myself, that I had been the initiator of all this. I felt I was being lowered in status. I worried they would not speak to me as possible friends any more. But they were females like me, so I imagined they would remember that I was at my core also a human being, not only sexual animal-like property. I believe females tend to remember that more than males, but there are many exceptions in both genders. Yet another reason I trembled slightly was the eroticism. To me this was incredibly and utterly arousing. I felt so alive. It was almost as if I could feel every molecule of air on my totally exposed skin. My loins were moist, my nipples firming. I glanced at my girlfriend, and now my owner, Helen, with a more genuine smile. She smiled back. She seemed excited for me, and she didn't seem to feel any pity for me. Sasser and Helen buckled the harness onto me. I felt all eyes staring in the silence as they then locked my wrists together behind my back. Stefania's eyes glowed. Her obvious excitement strengthened and helped me think of erotic times ahead. Helen ordered me to hold my arm straight for an elbow tie. I immediately felt more aroused. The newcomers would see me helplessly and erotically displayed, arms tightly bound behind, shoulders pulled back, my naked chest arched brazenly forward. When they tied my elbows more tightly together, and then again more tightly, I saw gratifying reactions, Stefania ever more enthusiastic, Gloria's cool distance melting into genuine interest, and Gabriella more lustful. In turn, I felt even more internal sexual stirring, from both the bondage position and their clear arousal. I even felt relieved. If even one of them hadn't been turned on by this, I'd have been disappointed. Sasser asked Helen if she could handle another round of tightening. I think everyone noticed Sasser did not ask the slave herself, and even spoke as if I couldn't hear. Sasser felt up my arms and shoulders, and must have nodded, because my elbows were then cinched even more tightly together, pulling my shoulders back and breasts forward even more. I made no sound, but I bent my knees to stay balanced. Stefania exclaimed, I love this. Gabriella smiled. Lisa, I can see now you are more lean and muscular than I realised. I noted that Gabriella didn't show any concern about any discomfort I might be feeling, only a physical interest in my body. Helen told them that the slave's body is displayed more in this bondage. Notice how the slave's muscles are tensed and accentuated, she said. Sasser added, there are many more bondage positions that display the slave even more. Stefania and Gloria looked at each other wide-eyed and grinned in mutual enthusiasm. Helen continued, Notice we use words like the slave or her, even though she is right here. Gabriella, please do not use her former name when she was free. Now she is under our contract and our property, and for her and our understanding that this is real, very real, that she is our property, completely owned, do not use that name. Gabriella smiled and nodded. Looking into my eyes sympathetically, she said, Slave! Hi, slave! I'm so attracted to you right now, seeing you like this. 
I understand why people get into bondage. Her smile broadened as we continued to look into one another's eyes. Her smile expanded into a grin as her eyes then roamed all over my strained and arched body. Then I saw the nose ring in Sasser's hand. I turned, in an almost panic, towards the three. For me, the large nose ring represented lowering to a level of an owned farm animal. Erotic humiliation, a literally in-your-face, undeniable symbol of my status as a really owned sex slave. It communicated that I was here to be used for sex and work as they pleased. It simultaneously aroused and humiliated me. My humiliation was so much more in front of these new friends. I'm sure my face turned bright crimson as Sasa carefully closed the huge nose ring. There was a pause as I looked shamefully down to avoid looking into their eyes. Sasa, always seeking ways to erotically humiliate me, noticed my deep embarrassment and said, Slave, tell us what you are feeling. I saw you flush with shame as soon as the nose ring was clipped on. As our property, you are required to tell. I looked up at Sasser with a bit of reproach in my eyes, communicating non-verbally that this was cruel of her. She only smiled in triumph. I looked down and around, seeking the words. I mustered the courage to look at Gabriella. The, I paused because it was difficult to say, nose ring. The nose ring is erotically humiliating. I'm now like an owned animal, I said. I felt tears spring to my eyes, but I didn't cry. It's so large and on my face. None of you are wearing one, but I am, making it obvious to everyone I'm an own slave. Your property, I said. Sasa prodded me with her fingers in my upper back. Tell us more, she said. I looked also at Gloria and Stefania now. Their eyes glowed in excitement. Gloria appeared more serious, Stefania like a child on her birthday. Um, yes, owner, it, it makes me like an animal, more clearly owned and to be used and enjoyed and ordered around, trained, trainable, and fit to be kept naked and bound and leashed and chained. Stefania said, wow, so hot, I want to train her, let's keep the nose ring on her a lot. I glanced at her with a mixture of shame and arousal, and shared enthusiasm. Part of me wanted the nose ring off. Part of me wanted to revel in the feeling of being totally owned, totally submissive, and in the arousal it created in me. There was silence as all looked at me, all five of them nicely dressed. In contrast to me, the only naked, shaved, exposed, tightly bound, and nose-ringed sex slave. Next, the ankle rings and chains. Helen broke the silence by announcing it was time for the slave and her to spend some time alone, and for them to let Sasser teach them to be my mistresses, using the manual and contract as textbooks. I felt so much more like a tightly controlled slave as I shuffled slowly, with clanking sounds, beside Helen towards the house, feeling behind me the three pairs of aroused eyes staring at my humiliation and getting aroused by my body. To be continued. There we go. That's chapter 14 of Lesbian Slave Island. Another one bites the dust. Another one with no sex. Little bit of kissing. Might have even been just kissing on the cheek, if I remember rightly. And I think there was a little pinching of the nipple, perhaps. I think Helen might have pinched Lisa's nipple, just lightly pinched it. Um, but I think that's all we got there. 
again, I'm not going to hammer this point anymore. I think <laughs> possibly it's been established that for Lisa, it's not really about any sexual activity. It's just about the build-up. It's just about explaining and justifying to herself how BDSM works. And they spend a lot of time almost obsessed with telling each other that they enjoy this and that they, they want this and it's consensual. It's almost like they have trouble believing that uh, in some ways, the amount that they talk about it. But I think it's clear at this point that this is an erotic story where the eroticism doesn't come from sex, it comes from just the humiliation, really, and from having to explain and explore just the ideas around BDSM and humiliation-type power dynamics, I think. Which kind of makes the lack of sex make a little bit more sense, I think. Um, even if it is a bit disappointing for me, and potentially for you as a reader... I guess when I picked this story out, I felt like there was going to be a lot of sex in it. Um, just from that first chapter, it felt like that was going to be a bit of a launch pad to get into things a bit more deeply. But instead, we've got stuck in this loop of addressing the same ground, the same type of ideas again and again. We had more and more in this chapter of the obsession with restating that there is a power imbalance related to Lisa being naked while everyone else is clothed. Something that we have done to death, in my opinion, by this point. More and more of Lisa in a bit of a state of, wow, I can't believe this is happening. I'm a truly owned sex slave and this is all real. And it feels like, to me at least, you can say it's real and you know, you're actually owned and you're a sex slave as much as you like. Lisa, but unless you're actually doing any sex, you're not really a sex slave, you're just a slave, <laughs> you know? What's the sexual element to this, apart from that you are naked? What it feels like, really, is like you're being bullied, you know, like the kind of psychological bullying that you might, well, I don't know, I've never been in a sorority or a fraternity, but... This is what I imagine being in a sorority with really mean sorority sisters might be like. Dominance and hierarchy and humiliation and putting people down. And But that's what it feels like to me, that this is kind of a bit of a bullying fantasy that Lisa has, rather than a sex fantasy. But there we go. We're ending this chapter with... Well, <laughs> we're ending this chapter really with most of the characters doing even more contractual admin which, as we know, is one of the favourite activities that goes on within this story. Many chapters focused on contractual details. But not for Lisa. Lisa and Helen are going off into another part of the villa to have some one-on-one -on -one time. And I wonder if they will have sex in the next chapter, in chapter 15. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually spent that chapter rehashing the conversation that they had in this chapter while they were gathering all the BDSM gear where Lisa kind of worries that maybe Helen's not into it or that people think she's weird or whatever and then Helen says to her no no I, I do find it hot and there's nothing weird about this if you enjoy it then go for it glad you're into it if you're sure you're into it and there's this bit of back and forth of like oh are you sure you like it yeah i'm sure okay well if you're not then just let me know oh yeah don't worry i will i really need this and then that conversation that we've had a few times now always seems to end with this sense that 
Lisa would really regret not doing it if she didn't do it. But as far as I'm concerned, she hasn't really done that many sexual acts at all. She's certainly been humiliated a lot. She's certainly been beaten and embarrassed, and she's been made to wear nothing at all sometimes. Um, and when she's not wearing nothing at all, she's wearing various decorations, as they call it in this chapter, things like the harnesses. She's done a few outdoor wees, uh, which have been, you know, a big part of it for her. But there we go. Seems like there's not a great deal to say about this chapter, because not a lot happened. <laughs> it was one of those ones where we it felt like this chapter could have been maybe tacked on to the end of the last chapter. Maybe it could have been a three-parter, chapter 13, because I think we've ended really in about the same place as we were at the end of last chapter, with just kind of everybody getting up to speed with what the expectations are and what the rules are about the whole scenario. So anyway, that's that's chapter 14. I think we've got a comment. It's just, oh, it's just a really quick one from a Vatic sub who says, this story is amazing, smiley face. Clearly some people are enjoying it, and I can see how you would enjoy it if you're really into the humiliation fetish, and that's fine. I, I just want to say, for the record, my disappointment is not in this story in and of itself, I think it's in the fact that I've had the wrong expectations for it, and so my expectations haven't been met, and so I'm feeling a little bit hard done by by the lack of sex. But I think if you came into this story, and may, maybe this is a common thing in the BDSM world, um, and that's a world that I'm not really... I don't know anything about it, to be honest. <laughs> no uh, actual experience. I've done very, very little personal research, let's say, into BDSM type themes. So maybe this is very typical of a BDSM erotic story. It's perhaps usually all in the build-up and all in the focus on emotional states of the characters, feeling the humiliation, worrying about how that humiliation is perceived. And then, on the other hand, from Helen and Sasser's point of view, or specifically from Helen's point of view, a bit of worry about the boundaries and where those lie and enjoying the humiliation that you're dishing out, the bullying that you're doing, but then wanting to balance that with making sure that it's consensual and that there's a nurturing element to it and that it's all done with love, you know. So maybe that's what these stories are typically like, and it's just my inexperience in this particular genre that is leaving me a little bit frustrated. But that's that's part of it. I guess another part of why I wanted to read an erotic story was to explore that world and find out and learn about things. So what I've learned from this story, and maybe this will be subverted by future stories that we might get onto in this podcast, but what I'm learning so far is that the lesbian BDSM scene is not necessarily about the sexual acts explicitly, but more about the interpersonal connections and psychiatry of what it's like to be in a domination, power imbalance, humiliation-based situation. Anyway, that's just some thoughts from my head at the end of this pretty short chapter. Short and sweet. 
If you've enjoyed this chapter, then obviously you can go onto literotica.com, search for Fit and Trim, and read some of the other chapters. You can go back and read some of the past ones for yourself in your own voice, in your own internal voice, or read it out loud if you want to. If you want to, do your own podcasts. Do a competing podcast reading the same story that I'm reading. Hey, maybe yours will be more successful than mine. Maybe you've got a sexier voice than me. I don't think my voice is particularly sexy, which is, for me, one of the funny things about doing this podcast. <laughs> or, alternatively, you could read ahead and ruin the surprise for yourself. Maybe you like Build Up Forever. Maybe that's what you're craving and you want it to be even more built up. And you can't wait even one week for the next chapter. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then it will be back next week for chapter 15. You can like this podcast you can probably subscribe to it or possibly rate it um if you enjoyed it give it a high rating if you didn't enjoy it give it a low one that's up to you can't tell you what to do in that regard but i think that's everything i need to say apart from to wish you a pleasant and enjoyable week and until next time goodbye Slave. Hi, slave. Slave. Hi, slave. I'm so attracted to you right now, seeing you like this. <laughs> uh.